Ladies and gentlemen, you know it's time. Your two favorite guys are back. Maybe even future presidents of the United States. You never know. Now your hosts, Max McGuire and Joe Altman. Back for the second hour of the Conservative Daily Podcast. Good conversation in the first hour with Jeff Brain, CEO and founder of Cloud Hub. Make sure you go and check that out if you haven't already. Going to shift gears in this hour. Talk about the fight against election audits. So many times on this show, we talk about the election audits themselves, what they're finding, what the kind of leaks are starting to suggest. Well, the other side is doing the same thing, and they are trying to stop the audits from taking place, stop the audits from revealing different bits of information to the American public, uh, because they desperately want to cling to power. It, it's it's not all that surprising, not all that surprising when someone comes to power through some kind of illicit means don't act surprised if they use that power to try and prop themselves up this is the kind of stuff we usually don't see in the united states you see this kind of stuff in third world dictatorships but the biden administration joe biden is weaponizing his doj to go after anyone who wants to look into whether or not joe biden was duly elected or not not exactly uh, what you would expect the true president of the united states to do well, I think that it's, it's actually bigger than that. We, we have to step back from what is happening right now and look at, in totality, what it means for us as Americans. And uh, I'll use this as an example. I don't know if you know this, but the DOJ is declaring war on election audits and the people that voted for President Donald J. Trump. They, they, they are not apologizing for it. They are, they are saying the quiet part out loud. I know that Biden is an empty shell and he does he can't help but say it out loud. So they're just reinforcing that. But you can you can also talk about the things like sitting Congress women and men, right? Sitting Congress people that are uh, that went to the uh, jails in Washington D.C. to inspect and see the political prisoners uh, that were at the Capitol on January 6th and were turned away and told that they were trespassing. These are people that are that are that are there to represent the interests of the American people and we're told basically you'd be arrested if you did not leave. That is a type of environment we're dealing with with the radical left. And where you have people standing up for George Floyd, uh, who they say it was a travesty, we are having people that are being abused, beaten, uh, marks left on their bodies, they're being uh, deprived of food, sleep, they're being tortured in these jails in Washington, D.C. as political prisoners. And us as Americans, what, what have we done? We haven't stood up for it. We watched as these radical leftist terrorists went to the streets and burned and looted and created fear. And we did nothing because we're, we are the party of law and order. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no law and order. There is no law and order. There is no law and order in this country anymore. We are dealing, we are in the midst of the communism. We are in the midst of this takeover in our country. It is not, it's at our front door and it's knocking and we're gonna let it in. It has assumed power in every environment. And so if you think that it's not coming for you next, and like they said yesterday, what Peggy said yesterday, is that, and listen, they're, they're, they, they don't want you to have private ownership. They, they want the government to control everything. They want the government to be able to tell you what you can and can't say. And they're using private businesses, they're using corporations as proxies to steal your rights in the Constitution. They're doing that right now. And it's in the playbook that was written in 1989. It's in it. And so I, I would just, I'm gonna say this right now on live, that if, if, if we don't stand up, if we don't put aside our petty differences, Democrat and Republican, it doesn't matter. It's Americans versus the communists. That's where we're at. This is Red Dawn. 
where they're on our shores. They've, infil they've infiltrated and infected our society. They're buying these people off. These are traitors to our country, and we have an obligation to stand up. You don't get to stand up for a guy that's a, a multi-level criminal, build gold uh, coffins and millions of dollars and burn and loot the environment, force you out on the plantation to become a slave, and expect for us to do what? Just walk away from it? Just hope they don't come to my house. They're coming to your house. So at some point, we've got to be able to stand up. This DOJ declaring war and election audits is just another example of the fact that they are moving the goalposts. And the more they move the goalposts, they're backing us into a corner. What happens when you back a dog into the corner? What happens when you back an American into a corner? What is it going to take? What is going to be the one thing that gets you to realize that we are past the point where we can tolerate the amount of tyranny that's, that's happening in our country and push these guys out? Right, they're doing it all over the world, but we don't do it here in our own backyard. We don't stand up because we don't have, we, I don't know, we, we don't have our God courage. We don't have our, the ability to stand up. Or is it, is it that we're, we're afraid to lose our job? Yeah, we're afraid to lose our job. And everyone loses their job at the same time. Now what? Now what? But if we don't do this now, if we don't stand up now, if we don't show them by the millions, the tens of millions, what this country is and what it was and restore, restorative to a place where we can practice faith. We're restorative where we can practice and follow the Constitution. Restorative in that we don't have a compromised judiciary. And it's going to take starting over. It's going to take starting over. It's going to, I believe we're past the point where our country is broken. We are, we are absolutely broken as a country. Now we have to come back to the other side and say, all right, what does that mean? And how do we restore order? Yeah. Well, so let's look into some of this that the DOJ is doing. And they have the PDF on Gateway Pundit, but it's the easiest way to grab it. So there's two specific ways that the DOJ is talking about going after election auditors. Let's go ahead and put up my screen, Mr. Producer. The first way is by prosecuting them for mishandling ballots, which is a, it's, it would be laughable if the stakes weren't so high. It would be laughable if we hadn't documented all the examples of liberals and, and election officials mishandling ballots. But that's the statute that they want to go after these auditors for. And here's the part that explains it. It says, therefore, if the original election official who has custody of records covered by the law hands over those election records to other officials, for example, to legislators or other office holders, or the official turns over the record to private parties, such as companies that offer to conduct, quote, forensic examinations, end quote. They put that in quotes as if it's not real. The department interprets the act to require that, quote, administrative procedures be in place giving election officers ultimate management authority over the retention and security of those election rec records, including the right to physically access such records. In other words, the obligation to re retain and preserve election records remains intact regardless of who has physical possession of those records. Jurisdiction must ensure that if they conduct post-election um, ballot examinations, they also continue to comply with the retention and preservation requirements of Section 301, which is, it's fair. And all of the auditors have done that. The, the prosecutions will be in the nitpicking over the procedures, nitpicking over the rules, right? Whether or not, oh, well, technically there was a five-minute period where the, where the representative of the state legislature left the room and therefore the state legislature was not in complete control. That's what they're setting up here. Not like uh, going after people who may – they don't – they don't care whether you make a good faith effort to comply with the law. They're setting this up to nitpick it, to find slight violations that they can use. Um, and it's right here. It says violators of this section can face fines of up to $1,000 and imprisonment of up to one year for each violation. That's what they're talking about. So if you're, if you're holding the box of ballots and the official representing the state legislature 
leaves the room, you, the volunteer, have just violated this law because you don't have the right to have complete control over those ballots. The second part that they're going to go after you, the auditors for, is what they're calling intimidation. So they list all these things from like the Voting Rights Act. No person, whether acting under color of law or otherwise, shall intimidate, threaten, or coerce, or attempt to intimidate, threaten, or coerce any person for voting or attempting to vote or intimidate, threaten, or coerce. Basically, you can't do anything that could be construed as intimidating someone uh, who wants to vote. And when you actually look into what they consider, these are the things, these are the examples they give. Sending a letter to a foreign-born Latino registered voters warning them that if they vote in the upcoming election, their personal information would be collected. Basically trying to intimidate them that way. Having police officers take down license plates. Oh, went a little bit too far. Of individuals attending voter registration meetings. So if you know a left-leaning group is meeting to try and figure out how to how to take an election, you uh, it, would, it would be a crime to take down their license plate numbers. Sending robocalls, telling people that if they voted by mail, their personal information could become part of a public database, trying to scare people. That's not right. You shouldn't do that. This is the one that they're going to use. Linking individual voters to alleged illegalities in a way that might trigger harassment could constitute intimidation. And then they say another one where they're intimidating Native Americans. This one right here is what they're going to use. None of the other ones truly apply. It's right there. And the reason they put that there, let me go ahead and take that down, is if basically they're trying to make this report, the reports that come out, be confidential, right? They want to hide and they want to preclude the auditors from telling you who voted illegally, from telling you who the illegal ballot harvesters were. Because they said it's a violation of federal law to release any information that could be used to trigger harassment against that person. Well, then, you know, what? we're already past that place. Let's just get it on. Let's get it on. I, look, we're, we're, we're not at a place anymore where we, ha- we, we, can, we can just sit here and wait. We're not, we're not at a place anymore. We're not. We're not at a place right now where we can sit here and go, eh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. No problem. We're not, we're not there. We're, we're, we're past that place. We're, we're at the place right now where you have to make a decision. Are you an American or are you not? I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, Independent, Barney with web feet. There's plenty of us. The magnifying glass, I, I keep saying this, the magnifying glass that they have on the radical left is just that. It's a magnifying glass. They're a P in size, but they make themselves look better and look bigger by putting this magnifying glass called media and big tech. It, 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 we are de- dealing with a subversion of us as a country, and they're doing it with small numbers because they're, we're, they're making it look big. Max, I don't know if you saw this. I'm going to share it with you. But... We, I went through and started looking at, um, and, uh, looking at something that came up. Let me see if I can push this over. The bots that exist on Facebook and on Twitter, right? Have you seen these? Mm-hmm. Have you seen these bots? No, I haven't. No. So I, I'm sharing it right now. Uh, Mr. Producer, I'm sending it over to you right now so you can see it as well. Um, there are, they built bots. And in these bots, they basically have the ability to... Uh, repeat, and in this case, this was over 9,000 times. Over 9,000 times, this was a bot that is created to follow certain people and to create certain messages. And go ahead and put that, Mr. Producer, go ahead and put up that picture, if you would, please. And then I'll read it to those that are here. This is a bot that you will find on... Oh, yeah, I've seen this, yeah. On, on, on Twitter. This just happened. 
right? And these are different people. Let me just read it to you, what, what the bots are actually putting out there. These are people that don't exist. Some of them they show as doctors, some they show as in different positions of authority. It says, I just left the ER. We are officially back to getting crushed by COVID-19. Delta variant is running rampant and is much more transmissible than the original virus. 99% of our ICU admits did not receive a vaccine. 99%. And, and you can see how this says that that's Sam Gauley and then Julia Song and then NJ overclocked. So they just make this stuff up. Go ahead, take it down. They make this stuff up with stuff that's not scientific, but they make it seem like it's scientific because then they share it. So everyone shares it. And look, oh my gosh, see the Delta variant is taking people out 99% of the ICUs. And then the real information comes out. And guess what? It's not even nearly what they say it is. Matter of fact, it's not even a percentage. It doesn't even register as a percentage of what they say it is. But they're using this, they're using these bots in order to make themselves look bigger. People, we are the majority. We are the silent majority. We need to become the louder than hell majority and stop listening to these clowns and stop letting them take over our environment by stealing everything. And by the way, if they were so big, why would they have to lie, cheat, and steal? You only lie, cheat, and steal if you're not that big. But they've instilled fear and they've used psyops and they've used these small groups of FBI agents and CIA agents. And if I'm lying, then why is it that if racism is so rampant, they got to make stuff up all the time? Why? If it's so rampant, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but it's not the biggest problem facing us in this country. I can promise you that. It's not the biggest problem facing us. And, and Max, if, if we don't get to a place where we start realizing that we are the, we are the loud voice, that we can do something. You're not crazy. When you're sitting at home, you are not crazy. What is crazy is that we're allowing these clowns this, this trash on the left, this, this evil demonic, these pedophiles and rapists and closet racists, we're allowing them to convince us that they can say whatever they want and do whatever they want and there's nothing we can do about it. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. We can mount up 50 million people, walk to the front doorsteps and a victim, pull up the moving truck and say, get out. We can take all of the judges and say, you know, no, we're not, we're not playing in your system anymore because it's broken. We can do that. We just have to decide that it's worth it. We have to decide like the 18 to 25 year olds that ran on the beach of Normandy that it's worth it. And yeah, I'm fired up, man. I'm fired up because I can't be the only one standing on the hill. You got to get, you got to get off your ass and you got to be willing to stand on the hill too. And I, I don't know how many influencers I've actually called that are like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'll stand with you. And then others that I call that I'm like, Hey, listen, Hey, how you doing? And I'm not gonna tell you who I called, but I called them and they're like, yeah, give me five grand and I'll do that. Five grand a month. It all comes down to money. So it's either worth it or it's not worth it. Because some of these guys, it's all about their legacy. So we have to start differentiating and saying, all right, look, you either come along to the party or you don't. And those of us that are willing to stand together, we stand together. But we're not doing that. Yeah. Well, you did say, you didn't say, use the word trash. Yeah, I did. So we have exhausted almost every noun. So now we're on verbs to trash. Go ahead, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. Today's synonym is to shed. To rid oneself of temporarily or permanently as superfluous or unwanted. To shed them off. I wish we could shed off the Democrats. They are sucking us dry like leeches. That's the synonym of today. Shed. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is how they're going after the election auditors, prosecuting them for mishandling ballots. I mean, where was the DOJ when Ruby Freeman 
was mishandling ballots by hiding them under not, a table. How not, can how how can the Fulton County Board of Elections have been in control of ballots if they were hidden under a tablecloth? You cannot be in control of something that which you do not know where it is, right? Where was the DOJ when the Milwaukee um, election supervisor misplaced the flash drive containing the entire count of absentee ballots for Milwaukee for 10, 15 minutes? And when she was told to tell police officers, she said, no, we're not going to get them involved. Uh, where where were they for that, right? They, they when weren't. They, the ballots? they weren't. Where were they when Pennsylvania entities were caught trashing ballots and envelopes, were caught destroying ballots and envelopes? Where were they? Where were they when the election officials were caught at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. in Wayne County, Michigan, bringing ballots in unsecured open top containers without warning, without any... Uh, understanding of where they came from. No, DOJ didn't care about that. Didn't care when Georgia failed to produce chain of custody documents proving that the ballots actually did come from where they said they came from and that no one had slipped extra ballots into those batches. No, the DOJ only cares. The DOJ only cares about mishandling ballots when there's auditors looking into Joe Biden's biggest victory ever. That's the only time the DOJ cares. Likewise, DOJ doesn't care when you have ballot harvesters going into nursing homes and intimidating elderly nursing home residents into voting when they probably, many of them don't even realize they're voting or when they steal envelope, uh, ballots and envelopes from elderly people and vote on their behalf, right? They don't care about that intimidation. They don't care about the intimidation when ballot harvesters go door to door and literally tell people who to vote for in, in a not so nice way. No, the only intimidation they care about is when Auditors uncover fraud and want to knock on the guy's door and say, hey, did you vote? There was a ballot submitted on your behalf. You're a registered Republican. You voted just for Joe Biden and nothing else. Did you vote or did someone else they, vote on your They behalf? want to stop us from finding these they pockets of where they, they want to make it a crime. So I got to tell you something. If, if, you, if, you, if the rules are for thee and not for me, right, then you are not living in a free society. If choice is taken away from you, you are not living in a free society. Your constitution is no longer there. So let me spell it out for you. When corporations are used as a proxy for the government to punish you and to censor you, you're not free. When they tell you you got to take a vaccine and what they're doing in Illinois right now, I don't know if you saw this, making people carry around red, yellow badges if they've been vaccinated, right? You're not free. You're living in 1940 Germany. I'm telling you people, it's over. It's, the country is over if you don't stand up. It's over. I'm not going to make this sound like, oh, we're, we got some time. We can wait till the 2022 midterms. No, we don't have time. Time is not an element that we have right now. They are seeding and creating sidewalks right now, concrete sidewalks that they are walking on saying, look, we are a communist society. We are not a communist society. They're not even talking about CRT anymore. And it's a serious issue in our school system. And I'm sitting here telling you that if you don't take your kids out, if you don't band together, if you don't start doing things that are important to drive everyone together in a place where we forget about division, you know what? Go home and take down your fence between you and your neighbor. Then walk over in the, into their environment and say, hey, listen, let's have a talk. Do you believe in CRT? Uh, you know, my kids are grown. All right. Do you, do you have kids? Oh, yeah, they're grown. You have grandkids? You want them to be taught that they can be recruited and groomed to be gay? You want that to happen? Well, I don't care if they're, you know, the political correct. I don't care if they, if they are gay. I mean, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, I, I want them to be happy. Okay, that's not what I asked. What I asked is, do you want them recruited? Do you want them groomed to be gay or pansexual, whatever else the, you know, Tide Pod challenge of the century is 
for that time? Do you want something forced into their arm? Do you want them to have to carry on a card to divide who they are? Do you want them to be giving up opportunity or not told they can go to college or not treat, teach math because math is, is at some point racist? Do you want that to happen? Start having conversations with everyone around you. This Biden DOG pro, DOJ problem is a problem because it is the slippery slope. It is the subversion of the law in order to persecute individuals and groups. It is communism. It is not wrapped in something that is not what it's supposed to be, not trying to stand up for democracy. It is a subversion of democracy. And we're a constitutional republic. We're not even a democracy. But even if you used democracy as a word, as a high halo for free and fair, right, and the will of the people, even if you use that, it doesn't apply. There is no free and fair. So stop acting like it is. Stop acting like we can have a conversation about the fact that we're at a place right now where we can save us. We can't save us unless you stand up. Every one of you. Yeah. yeah. So, so we are running fact spots today on this because the Biden administration is quite literally weaponizing the DOJ yeah. to now laying out how they plan to prosecute people for looking into election fraud. So I'm posting it on all yeah. of the different streams we have. Can't post on CloudHub yet because they don't have that available. But we talked with uh, with Jeff in the first hour, and that is coming. The comment section is coming on CloudHub shortly. Uh, but yeah, do do participate in the Facts Blast. Stand up and, uh, and, and fight back because we've never had a situation like this. We've never seen the President of the United States use his own dis uh, DOJ to go after people probing the theory that he is an illegitimate president. I mean, this is what you see in Venezuela. This is what you see in North Korea. It, it, if there ever actually are like opposition leaders who stand up, no, they get disappeared. Well, the DOJ is, is taking a little bit of, of a different approach, but the end goal is the same to disappear. You lock you up for one year because you, you didn't handle the ballots properly. It's, it's insanity. Going to remind everyone again, this podcast is sponsored by Airmake Care Network. Airmake Care Network, the premier plan to cover your family should any of you ever need to be airlifted for a medical emergency. Uh, anyone who's ever had to be taken to a hospital by an ambulance, you know most often your insurance plan won't cover it. It, it won't be covered under your deductible or anything like that. You have to pay out of pocket for that. Well, when you have to get airlifted, it's usually the same thing, and it's a lot more expensive. We're talking 30, 40, 50 grand in some cases for a short helicopter ride from one town to another. And it's not just people who get lost while they're hiking or, or, or get injured while they're hunting. You'd be surprised how often people are airlifted to a hospital in the suburbs or in urban environments just because of traffic. Well, with Air Medicare Network, you don't have to worry about the price tag. It starts at just $85 a year. It's less if you're, it becomes less if you're a senior citizen, and it works out to be less per year if you buy three or five years at a time. And as long as you're flown by an AMC and provider, you won't pay one cent for the flight out of pocket. So you're going to want to make sure you go to the link in our description, airmakecarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card. So I, I, I want to mention this, a little bit different topic, but this just came out now. Go ahead, put up my screen. Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, has signed an executive order just now. This, this relates as it relates to Patriot Ranch. Um, he says, therefore, I, Greg Go Abbott, governor of Texas, by virtue of the power and authority vested in me by the Constitution and laws of the state of Texas, do hereby order the following on a statewide basis effective immediately. No person other than a federal, state, or local law enforcement official shall provide ground transportation 
to a group of migrants who have been detained by CBP for crossing the border illegally or who have been subject to expulsion under Title 42 order. The Texas Department of Public Safety is directed to stop any vehicle upon reasonable suspicion of a violation of Paragraph 1 and to reroute such vehicle back to its point of origin or a point of a port of entry if a violation is confirmed. DPS is authorized to impound a vehicle that is being used to transport migrants in violation of Paragraph 1 or that refuses to be rerouted in violation of paragraph two. This is executive order shall remain in effect and in full force unless it is modified, amended, rescinded, or superseded by the governor. That goes into effect now. So they are gonna start pulling over cars, impounding vehicles, turning them around, sending them back to the border. If they if they find anyone who isn't law enforcement transporting illegal aliens, migrants. And the reason for that, Joe, well, you don't know personally because you're not here in Texas yet, but here in Texas, they are just walking. They're opening the gate. Those gates in the border wall, they're supposed to be locked. They're opening them up and they're not even making them climb over the, the wall. They're just opening the gate and letting them walk right in. They're not even making them go to ports of entry. They're opening the gates for them. And they're releasing them into our society. They're releasing COVID positive illegal aliens into our society, which whatever you think about COVID-19, the federal government, for all the talk of mandatory vaccines, if the gov- federal government actually gave a crap about mandatory vaccines, if, if they actually believe that, they'd be putting a shot in every arm that crosses the border illegally, right? I mean, <laughs> but the fact that they're not doing that, right, it, it shows that that's not really their true intention. They don't actually want everyone to be vaccinated. Otherwise, they'd use all those surplus vaccines on the hundreds of thousands of people who are crossing our border this summer. But no, they're releasing them into our, into our cities, into our towns, they're COVID positive. They're spreading it. Now, whether it's the majority of the spread, we don't know, right? But <laughs> they care when there's one uh, infection. There's, oh, if we can stop one infection, it's worth it. That's their whole thing. If we can save one life, it's worth it. Meanwhile, they're just releasing crowds of COVID positive illegal aliens into our society. It makes no sense, but then again, it's not supposed to. Well, and I and I want to I want to bring this up, and I and I had them. No, no, they're not. They they don't care at all. Matter of fact, it's it's not the matter that they don't care. They they want to do everything they can to disrupt disrupt us as as people. They, they they don't care about you. They don't care if you die. If they if they cared if you died, they wouldn't inject something into your arm that is maiming and killing thousands of people. They wouldn't. They wouldn't do it. They don't care about you. They don't want to save one life. They don't want to save any lives. They wouldn't be bringing millions of illegals into our country and letting drug dealers and people come that are, are not vetted. They wouldn't let those people in. They wouldn't be filling their coffers with, with women and children so that they could rape and, and, and defile these women and children and then kill them or do whatever they need to do with them afterwards. They wouldn't be doing those things. It is a subculture that lives right in plain sight, right in front of us, and that is why that they have eliminated laws, and that's why they're doing the things that they're doing. And at least you have the, the governor of Texas, which... I'm not his greatest fan, but the governor of Texas standing up partially. What he should do is he should send the National Guard to the border and say, if you come across this line, we are going to detain you and push you back. That's what he should do. He should protect not just Texas, but all Americans by saying the answer is no. Persona non grata, you cannot come in here at all, period, through the entire Texas border. That will eliminate 80, 85 percent of the illegal border crossings that are happening today in the U.S. 85 percent. So we got a video, Max, that I want to play, and uh, this is a little off subject, but not off subject. If, if, it, if it's the one you sent to Josh, we can't play it because it's, it's too big. The Telegram, 
Telegram doesn't allow us to play no, big videos it, on the it smartphone. Is, it is play. It is play. I sent Joe, Joe sent me a, an actual MP4 file. Oh, yeah. Because Telegram, yeah. the browser was just screwy. Yeah, the Telegram yeah. doesn't let you play it. But if you have the MP4, we Guys, can, listen, can play this, that. this is an NBA player is who is... What's it about? This is an NBA player who is completely woke. And this is as woke as you could possibly ever get. This NBA player is unbelievably woke. You are not going to believe what you're about to hear. It's three minutes long. Go ahead and play it. Two-part question for you. So you didn't kneel during the anthem, but you also didn't wear a Black Lives Matter shirt. Uh, do you believe that Black Lives Matter? Absolutely. I believe that Black Lives Matter. Um, a, lot, a lot went into my decision, and, and part of it is, first off, um, it's is, is my thought that you know, kneeling or wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt um, don't go hand in hand with supporting Black Lives. And so um, I felt like, just me personally, um, what it is that I believe in standing on a stance that I do believe that Black Lives Matter, but I, I just felt like it was a decision that I had to make, and, and I, I didn't um, I feel like putting putting that shirt on and, and kneeling uh, went hand in hand with um, supporting Black Lives, or that it, it made me support Black Lives or not. I believe that uh, for myself, my, my, my life has been supported um, through the gospel, Jesus Christ, and, and that everyone is made in the image of God, and that we all fall short of God's glory, and that. Uh, you know, each and every one of us, each and every day, do things that we shouldn't do. We say things that we shouldn't say. We hate and we dislike people that we shouldn't hate and dislike. Um, and, and sometimes it gets into a point where we point fingers about whose evil is worse. And, and sometimes that comes down to simply whose evil is, is most visible. So um, I felt like I wanted to just take a stand on. I feel like we all make mistakes, but I think that the gospel of Jesus Christ is that there's grace for us that Jesus came and died for our sins and that if we all will come to an understanding of that and understand that God wants to have a relationship with us, um, that we can get past skin color, we can get past all the things in our world that are messed up, jacked up. Um, I think when you look around, racism isn't the only thing that, that, that plagues our society, um, that plagues our nation, that plagues our world. And I feel like you know, coming together on that message that we want to get past not only racism, but everything that that, 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 that plagues inside the society, I feel like the answer to it is, is the gospel. If I'm able to answer that. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, am I able to follow up with a quick one? Yes, please do. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so, Jonathan, I, I'm asking this with all sincerity. I just want to really understand your reasoning for that. Can you just explain further what you feel like religion has to do with kneeling for the anthem to protest against racism and police brutality? The correlation between those two? Well, I mean, honest, honestly, I don't, I don't really see it as religion for myself. Um, I see it as a relationship with, with God, um, um, through, through His Son who died for our sins. I feel like not only, I, I don't, I don't think that you know, kneeling or um, putting on a T-shirt for me personally is the answer. I feel like um, for me, black lives are supported through the gospel. All lives are supported through the gospel that we all, like I said, have things that that that, that we do our own. Sometimes it gets into a place of pointing fingers about who's wrong is worse, you know, and who's wrong is seen. So I feel like the Bible tells us that we're all we all fall short of glory, of the, we all fall short of God's glory, and that at the end of the day, you know, whoever will humble themselves and, and seek God and repent of their sins, that, that that we could see it in a different light, see our mistakes, see people's mistakes in a different light, see people's evil in a different light, and that it would help bring us closer together and get past skin color get past anything that, you know, that's on the surface and doesn't really deal with the hearts of men and women.
That, ladies and gentlemen, is Jonathan Isaac. And he uh, plays for the Orlando Magic. And he stood up and said, I'm not going to wear that shirt. How, this is the part that is difficult. The grace that it took for him to answer that. It was it was unbelievable. And you saw how the reporter barked back and said, what does religion have to do with police brutality? Again, using psyops, using words to try and manipulate someone into saying something wrong. And he answered very clearly, it has nothing to do with wearing a shirt or kneeling. Those things don't, they're, they're, they don't even run parallel to what we're, we're talking about. Kind of like in election integrity. Truth, right? Truth. And he went right back and said, I'm going to tell you about truth. About truth. And, and frankly, how much courage did it take for him to be the only one? You have leaders. You have, you, have, you have coaches that are kneeling. And here you are being the leader. Here you are standing up and saying, uh-uh, no. I'm going to stand. And, and this, is, this, is, this, is, this is a raw moment for me, Max. This is a raw moment. Because I, I heard this yesterday, I put it out everywhere, and I wanted people to understand that it takes a lot of courage. He took a lot of flack, still, he's still taking flack for it, for standing up, for standing up for what he believes, for standing up for his faith. And he got mocked for it. And I know that you, you, maybe you didn't get that out of what the, the reporter asked, the, the snide, you know, filled with hubris, arrogance of, you know, what does this have to do with Black Lives Mattering and, and police brutality? What does it have to do with it? But it has a lot to do with it. It has a lot to do with it because he was being mocked for his Christian faith. He's being mocked for being an American, for standing up and saying, look, we all make mistakes. The simplicity of what he said is something we should all embrace. And he did so by doing something that took an immense amount of courage. And here we are. I mean, he gets paid to play a game, a kid's game. He gets paid to play a game, and he's like, look, I'm, I'm not going to stand up here and become a, a catalyst. He is, the, he is the antithesis of the catalyst of weak-minded people that get the pressure of this, this cabal, and I'll call it what it is, to do something that they shouldn't be doing. Now, I wonder if this DOJ Declaration of War on Election Audits is going to stop people from walking door-to-door -door and asking him, did you vote? Are they going to have to record every interaction? Are they going to have to do things to make sure that they're okay? If people walk away, say, I am not harassing you. I'm leaving right now. Is there going to have to be something that's written that makes that happen? I think we're going to have to get to that point. It's disgusting that we have to, but it, we do, right? We do. We do have to. Anyway, I figured I'd yeah. share that with you. It, and and the, the part for me that's deep, Max, is that I got this place yesterday. I got to this place yesterday, which I'll talk about a little bit. I know you have some posts you want to put up, and then I'll... I'll, I'll tell you why it got to me. We're already on it, so just talk about it. So, so yesterday um, on Facebook, only because it's, it was right there, I wrote a post. And I wrote a post because it was, it was really deep for me. And the, the deepness of it was not that I felt sorry for myself, but just the recognition of how far, far you think you fell versus how far you did fall. In other words, the perception that you can get into – of the victimology. It's easy. It's, if it's easy for me to get into it, and I've been blessed immensely my entire life. I've been blessed with, uh, with talents. I've been blessed with passion and, and frankly, a, a kid's-like energy 
that does not feel like I can ever be stopped. I don't see, I don't see obstacles the way most people see obstacles. I see obstacles as, all right, I just got to find a way around that obstacle. I got to find a way of why it's there. Yeah. I can walk around it. So I wrote this post. Did you see it yesterday? No, I did not. Um, so I'll read it to you really quick. The deep post last time, this time last year, and, and, and why it came up is because I was looking at an award that came up and I'll never be able to get that award again. I'll never be able to go back to being a tech CEO. I'll never be able to get back into that environment where I get recognized for things that are pretty awesome that we were able to build with, I mean, it was a blessing. But last year's time I was a 2020 Ernst & Young finalist for a company I founded nine years ago from a cocktail napkin. It was the second year I was nominated. And for those that don't know, it's an award that counts some good in men and women in their winners. I wanted to win, yet I was told if I didn't stop standing up against the lockdown, standing up for those most vulnerable in our communities, I would not win. I became a finalist, but I didn't win because I stood up to the trash in our society that is destroying opportunities in our nation. Fast forward, I ended up building an organization called FEC United, Faith, Education, and Commerce, to bring together a strong core of Americans that can stand up and fight this radical leftist ideology that kills everything our country stands for and strips it of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Short story, I found myself on a call looking for things and found something completely different. Came forward, got attacked, my life threatened, and ultimately resigned as CEO, leaving me to have to walk away from what I truly loved and, build, and built with a ton of, of uh, blood and sweat. All for many people I will never know. All because I believe in preserving the voice of the American people. I believe in and love my fellow Americans and no one should be able to steal the voice of the American people, yet they did. They can lie, they can sue me, they can cause me pain, but we will not change the truth no matter how inconvenient it might be. I made those sacrifices I know will forever change my life. I did so willingly, yet with the realization that I could never go back. I could never aspire to be recognized by my peers for building something special something incredible, something truly tech revolutionary that helps businesses and enterprises thrive. Depressing at times, honestly. Then it hit me. This entire journey has realigned what should be my focus. That is my faith in God and my commitment to do what is right, acting in courage, regardless of the consequences or how popular it may be. It is a difficult, it's been a difficult road, one I do not wish on anyone. I cannot imagine it will get easier over the next couple of months, but in the end, we know how it ends. God wins. It's my responsibility to have faith and act in that faith without complaint until the end. I guess I saw the winner for the EY award this year. I had to stop and reflect on the reality of what will never be. Yet it is as God wanted it, and I am blessed regardless of the simple knowledge of Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Nothing they will do will stop me from being true or stop me from standing up to you because you are worth it. It... Uh, it crushes, it crushes me to have to be in this position where the, I realize how far away from the thing that I envisioned for myself, that, that strategic plan, what I envisioned for my company, what I envisioned for the people around me that, that I had to step away from, it, it crushes you because you, you set out and you accomplish the things that you said you'd do. You became the catalyst for businesses and other people and other organizations and nonprofits. And you sat on boards and you did things to help people. And then they just took it away from you. They just said, hey, look, we're going to take it away from you. And I did so because unselfishly, I didn't want the people in the company to be adversely affected. I didn't want them to be attacked. I didn't want them to feel like that they had a different mission than I had. And my mission was just basically centered on truth. It was centered on preserving the voice of the American people. And yet we, from time to time, from, from moment to moment, we have people that stand up and bully and intimidate and come into our society and into our community and just slam us to the ground. 
and say, ah, oh, we're going to dox you and we're going to come after your family and we're going to do these things to you and trying to push you into a hole. And then they met me and others like me that, you know, that frankly, we, we, we gave up a ton to become who we are, not because we wanted to become that person. I don't want to run down the hill and slay Goliath. I didn't want to do that. And I don't see myself as David. I'm a little older than David is. But I see myself as a person that just does not care about the consequences as long as what I'm facing, as long as I'm going is true north and it's truth. And then I look around and I was like, man, can anybody join me on this hill? Can you, can you actually see this as important enough to say there's nothing I can do and take that and put it aside and say, yeah, there's a ton we can do and start doing it. And the first step is be willing to take the punches. I, I'm willing to take the punches. Can you be willing to take the punches? And are you willing to stand up? You know, Max puts out these fax blasts every day and you'd say, oh, it's just fax blasts, fax blasts, fax blasts. And you'd say, well, the fax blasts are... You know, what effect do they have? Well, Max, I mean, we got the, the guy released, released from Mexico on Fax Blast. We got the, the gentleman from, uh, from the, the uh, um, Navy that was on a ship that it was going to take away his parental rights. We, we saved him the ability to, to continue being a father based on yeah. these Fax Blasts. We've, we've been able to uncover and, and push things out. And, and, yeah, we're creating a membership, and I'm trying to do all this stuff at once and get Votum Tech off the ground and trying to give you opportunity, trying to give you hope. I'm trying to build things with this team, build things that say, yes, all right, look, we're winning. We're, we're building out things that allow for us to, to de-platform, uh, what is it, uh, PayPal. And we got all this stuff that, I mean, and, and in essence, I guess I'm doing tech, right, as I'm trying to get all this stuff up and running. And now we're going to do a farm, or excuse me, do a ranch and – you know, and I get to do it with people that I love, that truly appreciate that I'm standing up and that want to stand up with me. But I'm trying to do these things so that I can push you to recognize that sometimes you have to be willing to stand on the hill. You got to be the first one off the boat running towards the gunfire. I've been that first person and I'm watching people slowly come off those boats, but we got to do so faster. We got to, we got to get involved in this fight a whole lot more pronounced than what we were doing right now. We got to stand together and we got to have unlikely alliances. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just went on. Boom. I just rambled. threw up all over your face. <laughs> well, no, it's, all, it's, all, it's all true. It really, it really is. A couple of things I want to get to before we leave. Yeah. Um, Joe Biden went to Pennsylvania. This, <laughs> this is and, awesome. Uh, okay. I'm sorry, Max. I don't so, want to spoil it. Spoil yeah. Over. So... If anyone's ever played the Where's Waldo games when they're a kid, little <laughs> books, which is a big crowd of people, and you're like, where's Waldo? Where's Waldo? Um, the new Where's Waldo game will be finding the Biden supporters amongst the crowd welcoming Joe Biden to wherever he's traveling to. So let's go ahead and put up my screen. There are a couple there. Let's see if we can, we can find them. Let's do the Where's Waldo right here. So uh, there's one right here. Can I join in on this one? One right here. One right here. That's three. Four, five. That's it. <laughs> I've been playing this game all morning. You got five yeah. Biden supporters. <laughs> what what does that down. look? That's if you're it. listening to this, five out of thousands. If you're yeah. listening to this, where are all these people when we're standing up for the people in Washington? Where are all these people when we say that, listen, we got to stand up and we got to take a stand and we got to make sure that they know who we are, right? Be counted. When big tech does something, you say, listen, they want to take out Mike Lindell. That's great. 
use CD21, save up to 66%, get some great discounts on, on uh, MyPillow, right? Uh, I, will, I always want to support Mike Lindell, but where, where are we when we start boycotting these guys? Amazon's never been to my house since I boycotted Amazon. When they took down Parler, I was like, I'm done with them. I'm finished. Yeah. You'll never see me do another bit of business with them at all. Remember when you gave up Starbucks and you quit bringing me coffee? I don't, I don't drink Starbucks. I don't drink Starbucks at all. Look, I will literally starve to death and go hungry and die of, of not having enough water. If coffee were the only way to get it and the only place you could get it was a Starbucks, I would literally die of dehydration. I won't, yeah. I will not get a Starbucks. What? And, and hey, Apollo, Apollo, we drove around for like 40 minutes. <laughs> 32 minutes. 32 minutes. We drove around because we kept driving by a Starbucks. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. I, I'm like that commercial on TikTok. You did? Nope, nope, nope. Yeah. No Starbucks, right? Why? Because they're trash. Because they're trash. They're trash. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I got to tell you guys, I'm, I'm, I am so committed to not giving them a dollar. I had Disney plus cause you know, I had family members bring their kids over and I'm called uncle Joe and I have friends that come over and I'm like, I love kids by the way. Um, and so, but I don't have Disney plus, I don't have any of that stuff. I don't have Amazon prime. Is it inconvenient? Yep. It is. It is super inconvenient, but it's worth it. It's worth it. So I don't give them a dollar. It's like, oh, it doesn't help. It does if you get 50 million, 100 million people to do it. Just stop dealing with Twitter. And, and some people would say, don't give up your battleground. Why? You're, you're talking to people that are bots. They're not even real people. You're arguing and then they kick you off because you disagree with them or they put a mark on you. The mark of David inside their system. And then they persecute and attack you and then turn it over to Antifa. Just stop dealing with them. Stop. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Well, other thing I, I want to mention, B CDC obviously came out yesterday, day before, new mask mandate for people who are vaccinated. People have started to go through the footnotes, read the actual sources, and they found that the source, one part of the source that the CDC used to justify their new mask mandate recommendation was from an Indian study using a vaccine that is not available in the United States. And when the study was put forward for peer review, it was rejected by a peer review, so it will not be published. So Dan Crenshaw put this put this tweet out. Go ahead, put up my screen. He lays it out in a way that's pretty easy for you to see. The game changer data, it's a single study in India, was rejected from peer review, and it used a vaccine that is not available in the United States. So that is the justification that the CDC is using now to go after people's rights and liberties. Again, uh, pretty hollow, pretty, pretty hollow. We also have a, a clip I sent to Mr. Producer. Joe Biden made an incredible claim that somewhere in his storied, what, 38, 48-year political career, somewhere in there, he has had the time to moonlight as a truck driver. I kid you not, Joe Biden uttered that he used to drive 18-wheelers. <laughs> Let's play that clip, Mr. Producer. Do we still have and, it? Anyway. And if we I don't do drive an 18 wheeler, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wish oh, I yeah. could. That's I awesome. got to. <laughs> wow. He got to drive an eight. He used to drive an 18 wheeler. Got to drive an 18 wheeler. That is not true. That is just fun. Completely not true. Has it been fact checked? Um, it has. And 
we can go ahead, go to my screen again. The White House has put out a very strange ex explanation for how someone who is a career politician used to drive 18-wheeler trucks. And the explanation they give, you have to, they, they cite, this is uh, props to whoever had to dig this up, a 1973 December article in the Wilmington Evening Journal that showed that Biden once rode, rode in the in cab yeah. of an 18-wheeler on a 536-mile haul to Ohio. So apparently now, riding in the cab, if that's the truth, my grandpa used to drive trucks. I'm an 18-wheeler. I drove 18-wheelers back when I was a kid. I used to drive 18-wheelers. So uh, Lisa was, just said he only, probably pushed around 18-wheeler Hot Wheel cars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I was a four-year-old. I was apparently driving 18-wheelers, oh. according to the White House's logic. Uh, so it's pretty, pretty funny. None of it, none of this is real. And then the one thing I, I we didn't get to mention in our first hour with uh, Jeff, this is news from Twitter. Twitter has banned or suspended the Nation of Islam Twitter account, but not because they hate Jews. No, because they had some comments about mRNA vaccines that Twitter didn't like. So on Twitter, you're allowed to talk about Jews in an anti-Semitic way, um, but you are not allowed to question mRNA technology. Just want to make sure everyone's clear. Anti-Semitism, yes. mRNA critique, no. Make sure. Uh, if you combine the two, I don't know what that means, but um, they've they've put a line. You can you can say death to Israel, but you cannot question the efficacy of mRNA. Just in case anyone was wondering where the line was, it is beyond death to Israel. Just good for everyone to know. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. Anyone who likes the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the audio version. All those links are available in the description. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and the Podbean app. We are live now on Clout Hub. It'll be great when they have a comment section. Right now they don't, but that's one place that you can watch if or whatever all the other feeds go down. We go live Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, available on Facebook, DLive, Twitch, conservative-daily.com, and now Clout Hub, soon to be Frank Speech. So make sure you check us out in all of those places. Just check out all the different links in the description. Props to our sponsor, AmeriCare Network. Uh, also, props to um, Mike Lindell at MyPillow. And again, you can use that promo code for the best possible discount at MyPillow.com. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And this is Joe Oltman. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country is not over. But the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.